good enough. Okay. <laughs> I just needed a spot. Okay, so go ahead and drive us from here. All right, very good. All right, let me do a, a quick reset in three, two, one. Hey, welcome back to Mike Seibert Radio. I am your host. And, um, you know, I I, uh, I I wanted to talk to my dude, Dave. He, uh, he, uh, he and I have been corresponding. I, I fucked that up. That is not what I wanted <laughs> ah. to do. That is not what I wanted to do. Keep that as outtakes or something. Throw it. Throw Little it. Real. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was so funny. You know, completely unrelated. No, I I can't do that. All right. Let- <laughs> fuck. Now this is all staying in. Fuck it. We're si- we're. Yeah. Fuck it. We'll do it live. <laughs> fuck it. Fuck it. Fuck it. All right. Go. Go. In five, four, three. That's tomorrow, and that is it. Again, five, four, three. That's tomorrow, and that is it for us today. And we will leave you with a. I, I can't do it. Okay. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll, no. we'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live. I can. I'll write it, and we'll do it live. Right. Fucking thing sucks. Live from the Emerald City of Seattle, it's the Mike Seibert Radio Podcast. Your home for pop culture, Transformers, independent artists, interviews, Transformers, and stuff, and things. Also sometimes Transformers. And now, here he is, the tenth wonder of the world, Mike Seibert. Hey, welcome back to Mike Seibert Radio. I am your host, and as we are uh, enjoying our Corona with Limes, uh, I think that's an actual <laughs> segment uh, uh, title here. No, um, this week we're gonna we're gonna talk about um, a handful of uh, topics that are kind of uh, on my mind. Uh, you know, um, haven't done an episode for a couple weeks, and there's there's a couple reasons for that, and I'll I'll unpack that as we go. But more than anything, this this episode came about because I uh, I, I recently reached out to uh, super producer Dave, my dude Dave. Uh, uh, welcome to Mike Seibert Radio, by the way. Uh, thanks for thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me back. It's always a lot of fun. Uh, just shoot the breeze with you, yeah. even even the pre-show stuff. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, so so we did, we just did like ninety minutes of uh, pre-show grab ass that nobody will ever listen to. But um, uh, oh no, we might put that up as a as an episode later on. I don't know. <laughs> God damn it! I, I guess that's that's the uh, that's the excitement of having somebody help you with editing. I guess, but yeah. I, I I'm I'm getting off track. What basically um, uh, recently I reached out to Dave and some of my other friends for some. Uh, a peer review some feedback kind of on kind of like the general direction of where uh, the podcast has been going because i i know like with a lot of folks there there's uh you know been some insecurity with regards to you know how what what we're supposed to do what kind of content we're supposed to be creating kind of in in the in the new reality that we've uh, that we found ourselves in over these last couple months and I, I almost did a show last week where it was I, w- I was just going to dump out this existential crisis of like, I don't even know if I want to do the podcast anymore. I don't know what what I like about doing my podcast. Um, and, and a lot of it just kind of came from the content that I was doing, because like I, I was all in on Emerald City Comic Con and Crackle Fest and when all of that stuff didn't happen, there was some stuff afterward that also didn't happen. Um, so I just, I, I, for the first time in a really long time, I found myself so discouraged that I almost just, you know, kind of wanted to hang up, uh, hang up the headphones. So I reached out to my dude, Dave. I was like, okay, look, you've always shot me straight, kind of shoot me straight and kind of give me some, uh, uh, feedback. And, you know, uh, we'll, we'll talk about some of that kind of towards the end of the episode, but through our conversations, you pitched me on this idea for an episode for us to do. We're, re- we're really just going to shoot the breeze, but you had, um, you had pitched on me a handful of different ideas and I'm like, 
you know, sure, yeah, let's let's do an episode because I know that I have said uh, publicly here on the podcast before that you know, like if I if I stop doing episodes and I stop podcasting and and the more daylight that gets in between episodes, the harder it's going to be to get back into making that content. So um, I. I, I just thought this would be a really good idea to uh, uh, chat for a few. Um, you know, Dave, it already cracks me up because like one of the bits of feedback that you gave me was to kind of try to do maybe more concise intros. And I, I am blowing it. <laughs> I'm blowing it. But um, uh, but 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 really quick, uh, you know, we're we're going to kind of, uh, you know, talk, uh, talk a little TV, you know, kind of talk about where where the state of that is. Maybe talk about a little bit of uh, what we're watching, maybe what uh, you're watching as you're as you're listening. I don't know if anybody's commuting anymore. Well, no, I know. I know. Nick is out there. Uh, shout out to Nick uh, delivering those. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, delivering those packages. And I, I know. Um, so, so Nick, thank I thank you. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, thanks, thanks for your download. But I, um, I apologize that you know because we're gonna end up talking some Corona stuff and kind of how we're living with it. Um, that was the other thing yeah. too. It's like I, it's it it's so prevalent that you can't just like completely avoid it. Like I was, I was really thinking for a hot minute that I could just start continuing to do shows as if there wasn't this uh, um, once in a century global pandemic going on, but that that's uh, that's just not the case. But um, well, that's the thing with this; it's it's brought entire organizations to a standstill. Mm-hmm. We'll get more into that here in a little bit, but uh, just to touch on something you said. It, like you said, you had Emerald City Comic Con, Crackle Fest, which uh, I was looking forward to seeing uh, stuff about that and hearing about your recaps on that myself, because mm-hmm. that sounded like it was going to be a, an awesome time. Um, it's a new world out there, and there's it. The best way I can describe it is it's, and I I know how condescending this sound. I don't yeah. mean it that way. It's not your fault. Sure. Oh, okay. I I see what you're saying. Kind of. The the Robin Williams goodwill hunting type of thing. It's yes. not your fault. It's not your fault. Yeah, it's not. It's not. <laughs> but you're right, and and a lot of us are are adjusting in different ways. And I would be lying if I didn't say that there was a bit of weird, shameful selfishness that I felt. It's like why why am I worrying about something as trivial as 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 a podcast? <laughs> you know, when when there's more, you know, it it, it seems to be more. Um, you know, more, more pressing, more important matters. I mean, I mean, shit, I mean, tens of thousands of people are dead. So, I mean, let's, let's not forget about that. But I think we've all been kind of dealing with these adjustments in different ways. And, um, we thought Dave, you and I, that, you know, with our, uh, geographical separation, you know, you being in Arizona and me being in Washington state, you know, we thought maybe we'd kind of, you know, kind of compare notes a little bit and just kind of, just kind of talking about how we get by, you know, I don't want to necessarily get bogged into like the, the hard news element of it. Yeah. Or um, the political aspects of it, the political station that has happened. Oh, sure. Uh, Of which Uh, definitely do not want to reach into that realm because there's no coming back from that. And I don't want to drag us there. (laughs) Exactly. So, um, so I, I guess let's, let's start off, uh, uh, real quick. We, we wanted to talk about, um, you know, some TV and kind of, you know, really the, the, um, entertainment industry while, consumption is high you know like in terms of like you know downloads and streaming and man if like you know if people bought stock in netflix i bet you they're they're uh they're doing pretty well right now because there's there's so much content being consumed but because of the uh you know basically the pipeline has stopped you know, so it's yeah. like, you know, anything that was uh, in production is halted, even to the fact yeah. stuff that was in, say, post-production or like almost ready um, isn't going to happen. Like there was, you know, the uh, season two of Mandalorian was going to come out in October. That's not going to happen. The show is done. 
you know, principal photography is long done, but they were in post-production and had to, um, had to halt production. Um, just, just to throw, uh, a one, uh, one for instance example out there, but, um, I, I don't know, Dave, what, what, what do you think that the, the implications of this, uh, uh, work stoppage is going to be? Well, uh, there's always so much content already done, especially on the TV side of things. And um, I was going to get into this when we get into our uh, our TV year-end TV review uh, next month, but I'll, I'll speak on it a little bit here as well. There's only so much content. It's going to run out eventually. Uh, they have yeah. stuff banked up, like a couple of things dropped over the, the last week on like Hulu and Netflix. But some shows that people are expecting to come back, like Stranger Things, like you said, Mandalorian, that stuff is on hold right now. But then you have the movies that are already done that aren't going to be released in theaters. Yeah. Uh, I actually did want did want to talk about this and touch on this for sure. a little bit because you're such a movie buff. Bu- yeah, and yeah. with some of the titles that were coming out this year, how do you feel about the direct to stream like Trolls World Tour just did? Um, there's other ones that have announced that they're going to in the coming weeks. How do you how do you feel about that as a absorber of content? I it it's a weird adjustment for me. Now, my viewing habits are kind of atypical and and very kind of not normative. Like like my wife and I, we love going to the movies. We we go to the movies for what a lot of people would say is a lot. You know, and <laughs> right. and we and we see like a lot of the the blockbusters and and things like that. Ironically enough, though, we don't watch a whole lot of movies at home. Now, it could be because we spend so much time going to the movies. But like, for example, um, you know, we we would have gone to see Bloodshot, you know, the the, the Vin Diesel movie. But um, I don't think I'm interested in paying nineteen ninety nine for it. Uh, to uh, you know, to to watch it video on demand, regardless of if it's a new movie or not. Um, I and, and mind you, that's not the buy price; that's the rent price for one twenty-four hour window of viewing. If I if I'm not mistaken, on most platforms, I, I believe that's correct. And and that's the thing too. I um, so I I guess I just wanted to um preface you know that that my viewing habits are maybe a little different than other folks i think the model itself is great you know if if you give folks the option to pay 1999 just to watch a movie not to own it as as you said because it's it's a first run movie and 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 that's what a lot of folks have been saying for years it's like you know if you give me the option to pay a premium uh to see first run movies I will pay it. And and it's to me that's no different than like Spectrovision in in a hotel. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, you know, you you stay at a at a um, you know, relatively higher end hotel, you know, you bring up and it's got like stuff that was in theaters a couple months ago but not yet on video and it has that higher uh pay-per-view uh price tag on it. So I don't I don't necessarily uh dislike that model. And I think that's that's a fair way to, um, you know, kind of have it both ways. So uh, the the last movie Lucky and I saw in theaters was uh, Birds of Prey, you know, the, the Harley Quinn yep. movie. And you know what? same for me and Becky. That was the last one we saw. <laughs> yeah. It, and I liked it quite a bit. And now yeah, if, it was it, it was a fun movie. If you gave me the option to, uh, you know, pay nineteen ninety nine for like a 24 hour stream or to go see it in a theater, I'm going to the theater, me personally, yeah. one guy talking. But I also understand that a lot of folks aren't into the theater going experience. And in fact, you know, really more than anything, that's what I'm missing. I, I, I'm missing two things uh, primarily in, in this kind of adjustment period. I miss going to the movies and I miss going to restaurants. Hey. It, places remember those yeah (laughs) used to go to them (laughs) yeah exactly so but i mean but there there are some other folks that are like you know itchy about like you know bars or you know they i i i mean yeah i kind of miss that too but i really miss uh uh going to the movies so um i i don't think that answers your question but um but i mean it does in a roundabout way i mean it sounds like it it would work for you as a model if that was the only option which it is currently 
Um, my other thing is, I don't know if you've read this, but AMC might not survive this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know if that's, a, that's, that's, that's horrific to me. And, but at the same time where they're based out of, I don't feel as bad. I, you know what? I, I agree with you. I think, um, I, I don't, I I don't want to be slanderous, but I don't especially right. like AMC as a chain. So I'm really kind of let them die, and and to continue they that conversation though. <laughs> well, I was the chairs. I, I, I yeah. I mean that's 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 definitely a thing. But I um when you couple that with the um the the streaming perspective that you or the streaming option that you brought up earlier. I what I would almost like to see is theaters get smaller and and more niche, kind of more like the Alamo Draft House model. Um, okay. Now there's no Alamo here in in uh, in the Seattle area, but I know I've got friends of mine that are like diehard Alamo Draft House fans because they run first run movies, but then they also do like super niche, like, like revival, um, uh, exhibitions and things like that. And I, you know, to have that like in a chain, I think would be, would be great. And I would gladly pay a premium for the experience. Now I don't want to mix my metaphors and say that, um, you know, I, I'm not a fan of, particularly of like the the couch style recliners and we're getting like <laughs> getting like full dinners and stuff like i i can i i can get down with having a cocktail and maybe like an appetizer but i don't want to have like dinner <laughs> while i'm watching a movie that's just not my thing i mean y'all as long as i get my red vines and my dr pepper i'm happy and 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 popcorn so, of course but um so uh I, I don't know if i've told this story on here but hmm. We invented that in Laughlin, Nevada. The Riverside Resort Hotel Casino, there, uh, it used to be a six-plex, now it's a nine-plex. Uh, Full-service bar, meals can be delivered. I, when I tell people about that back in the day, they didn't believe me. They thought I was making it up. They oh. thought I was like out there. Like They, they looked at me like I was a flat earther. That's that, that's just, that's the level of uh, of disbelief they had. It's sure. like no, really. They, my parents got like cocktails. They, we got like a steak from the restaurant that delivered up. Like that's a thing. People do that. There's no theaters like that around here. No. What what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> but and yeah, now everybody's doing it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and it's, and it's quite the trend. Uh, so I I I would be okay to see kind of like a weird hybridization between like kind of like a fancy art house movie uh theater and and raised on the lawn cigarettes yes exactly <laughs> well i mean okay i mean just not to, not to put too fine a point on it but longtime listeners know that i am a huge fan of the seattle cinerama now if that's one of those and now and they show first run movies but they also show various uh curated film festivals um and and it commands a premium ticket price um, because, well, basically because they're paying that downtown Seattle rent. And but well, yeah, <laughs> um, but the other side of it is that it's not in the draft house model like you can um, you can get uh, beer and wine, uh, but. You know, everything else is theater snacks. So you can get you can get popcorn and candy snacks and, and you know, the candy snacks are more premium um, also. Yeah. So, you know, because you, you've got like, you know, some Seattle cupcakes and some other, uh, you know, premium sweet treats. But my point being is like this is it's not a service theater. So it's okay. it's not like the the draft house model and, and the model uh, uh, you were just referring to as well. Um but I would be okay with something like that where like it's it's a single screen theater, but it is like the best screen with the best sound, more or less to be more concise, I would pay top dollar for a truly premium uh, theater going experience and then still having the option to watch stuff um, on a premium video on demand thing. I think there's a a um I I think there's room for both, but what I don't think there's room for uh post all of this 
is like I, I, I think the multiplex is if not totally done, then I, I think I think it needs to like consolidate and reevaluate. Not yeah. unlike we'll, not we'll unlike get my more podcast, into the but... uh, the post stuff, uh, how yeah. we see the post Corona if there is one world here later in the episode for sure. But yeah, I I agree that the, the multiplex is dead. Yeah, uh, I'm just gonna flat out saying it's dead. Well, and 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 to to kind of put a button on that, uh, with uh, I'm glad that certain movies that are completed, like let's say No Time to Die, the uh, the new James Bond movie, and and we all laughed a couple months ago when they moved it and said it's like, or even like you know, uh, uh, Fast and Furious Part Nine, it's like they they punted and moved it to next year. That movie's done. I mean that that was that that was all set to come out, um, and those movies are just going to sit on the shelf. They're not going to go back and doing more editing to it or anything like that. The, the the picture is locked. The movie is done. But now that they've had a farther out release date, those still get to come out. Whereas, say something like a, a Trolls World Tour, um, you know that's that's never going to get a theatrical exhibition and. The thing that I don't want to see is the um, the not being able to have the option. So, like, if if Black Widow is available uh, streaming on demand only with no theatrical exhibition, the odds of my watching that movie drop exponentially. Yeah, I was about to say, because some movies not only need but require I mean, yeah, literally require yeah. the theater experience. Marvel movies, DC movies, those would require it. Yeah. Um, Trolls World Tour, as much as my daughter loves it, doesn't. <laughs> yeah, but so. <laughs> but but I I I think that's I honestly I think that is a brilliant title to uh, experiment with and kick the tires out. It's like, what's the audience oh, yeah. gonna be for this? Are people gonna pay twenty bucks a whack for uh for for a video on demand, you know? Yeah. And and it seems like I mean, who knows what the numbers are? But it, you know, I've seen a lot of people tweeting about it and posting about it. So, and I think honestly, I think it's more part of the conversation now than it ever would have been. It just it's a movie that would have come and gone. Um, but now it's kind of like, um, it's new. Oh my God. We yeah, got to see this. <laughs> yeah. It's become like accidentally a uh, revolutionary. Whereas, um, where, whereas poor Vin Diesel and bloodshot, that movie has been forgotten about because mm-hmm. it, I think it did actually, uh, it, it came out in theaters like, like the first week of April, which would oh. have been like only like two weeks ago, which feels like an entire lifetime ago. But oh, that's it, a whole other thing with this. That's yeah. a whole other issue. Oh with my gosh! This. Oh my god! But yeah, time. But, but yeah, it's not real. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, like you said, uh, you know, places. Hey, you remember places? Hey, uh, you yep. remember time? Remember days? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, that that's kind of my perspective on uh, on uh, on the theater side of it. You know, the content is oh, and and you know, new content is kind of held up as well. So um, yeah. so so let's turn the focus back to uh, TV. You know, yes. um, th- there was a couple things you wanted to mention on that. Yeah, um, I I definitely want to bring uh, talk about uh, probably my favorite. Hulu original series that has come out at all. Uh, Future Man. Um, I can't remember the actor's name, but it has the guy from uh, The Hunger Games. Um, uh, the, Josh the, like, Hutcherson. Nerdy... Yep, Josh Hutcherson. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Um, and then the, the girl from Scrubs that played Joe, the, the brash, no bedside manner doctor yeah. from season eight, nine. And I can't remember the guy that plays Wolf. I can't remember his name. I should have done show prep. Yeah, I, I, I was gonna say I I can't help you with that. And actually, you know, I'm gonna pick on you a little bit. It's like I yeah. think you proposed this topic. Uh, so in my notes, you know, behind the curtain here, it says very quick TV recap slash fall lineup interruptions. You wanted to do this topic just so you could talk about the future man, didn't you? Yes, I did. And thank you for for vamping for me, Derek Wilson. That's <laughs> <laughs> the guy's name. He plays Wolf. Uh, Liza Coop plays. Uh, character named tiger it's basically about two people coming back from the future and finding their quote-unquote hero who beat a video game that's how they picked who their hero would be who was going to save 
all of humanity. Uh, a lot of hijinks ensue, a lot of 80s references, which I love. Mm-hmm. Um, just to give you a, a, a sample of season three that just dropped it, it's the final season. They ended the series on the best note possible, oh. uh, might I add. No spoilers. Um, <laughs> no spoilers. I, 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 a little spoiler because this line deserves all the praise in the world. Ah. Uh, character Wolf, he's just this like existential... I, I don't know what to call him. Renaissance man. He does everything. Like he, he starts out as a stone cold killer, but then he befriends Corey Hart back in the eighties. <laughs> and it's, and, it, and he actually adopts the name Corey Wolfhart. It, it's fantastic. That's funny. But he utters a line that I will never forget. Mm. We've been put in so many death sentences and we've turned them into life paragraphs. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's, I know. That, I, that's, I heard that that's like great. that's the best fucking line in the history of anything. I love it. <laughs> but go check it out, Future Man. It, it, it is graphic. It is. It is not for kids. So do not watch it with the kids. Um, it's it's a uh, it's a uh, Seth Rogen joint. So enjoy out there. But yeah. highly recommend. Very cool. Well, the <laughs> uh, um, so so since we're kind of like in uh, oh oh by the way, Fall TV is basically canceled. That that's kind of like the the long and short of what yeah. we're talking about. But since we're kind of on this topic of what we're watching, um, I've I finally we finally are getting around to watching season two of Jack Ryan out on the oh. uh, on the Amazons, and that's it's great. It's it's really good. This one uh, uh, deals with uh, adventures in Venezuela. And, um, you know, I, I, I don't know how many Tom Clancy fans I, I have out there, but I, I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna put this one on wax. Uh, John, John Krasinski, colon, best Jack Ryan, better than Alec yeah, Baldwin. I've heard, I've heard that, um, I don't know how many times and I've been meaning to pick this up. I try to watch, talk Becky into watch it with me, but she won't, I may just have to settle down for a day and just yeah. binge the whole thing. Because it looks amazing from the previews I've seen. Yeah, it's it it's 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 some really good. Um, it's it, it's a good example of how espionage can be portrayed in a non-network uh, TV show style, where it's you know everything's kind of like a slow burn. The action is kind of sparse, but when it's there, it's impactful, and it's. Uh, nice. Yeah, it's it's really well done. Um, so yeah, so that that's been kind of that's been kind of uh, my big thing. Like you know, uh, recently, shortly after we got moved in and and got settled, uh, the the first show we got back to, aside from our usual uh, network TV shenanigans, was we uh, polished off uh, season three of the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, also on uh, on the Amazon, um, nice. and that's uh, again it that's. That's a show that I'm not. I'm not going to use any more airtime to hard sell it. Uh, but <laughs> it's it's great. I it is it is uh, sublime in its uh, in its wonderfulness. And and again, it's it's uh, it, it's kind of like a must watch for anybody that's I either a performer or has aspirations to be be a performer because there's you know through through the kaleidoscope of a uh, fictional 1950s housewife who discovers she's an amazing stand-up comedian. There's uh there there there's a lot of uh there there's a lot of things that that a lot of folks um uh, can take away from there. It's and and it's just hilarious. Is <laughs> it, it's it, it's great. And so I um I was never a fan of Monk when when that was on the USA. I'm not a huge fan of uh, Tony Shalhoub. But he's magnificent in this show as uh, as uh, oh. as Mr. Maisel as as her dad. He's uh, and and it's uh, because for me it works because it's not Monk, <laughs> you know. But but the right. folks that are fans will be like, oh yeah, no, he's doing some Monk there. That's uh, um. So anyway, so I will th- always see Tony uh, Tony Shalhoub as uh, the cab driver for Wings. No Doesn't matter what role he's in, there he'll you go. always be the cab driver from Wings to me. <laughs> <laughs> R.I.P. Roy, by the way. That was sad to see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding. Uh, but no, I'm, I'm glad all these TV shows are being are being brought out. I don't know if they were scheduled to be because the lack of sports is extremely disturbing, and I don't know what to do with myself. <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. Because I mean, it's it's not like um, it's not like you got the XFL anymore. 
that that <laughs> RIP. So uh, yeah, technically RIP. Now they did file for bankruptcy uh, yesterday, which uh, which when you're listening to this would be April twelfth. Um, I kind of see that as a positive thing. Okay. Question mark. Tell me more. Uh, and here's why: because if you look at what Vince McMahon has gone through the last three weeks, uh, uh, the owner of the WWE and the NFL, among other things, he didn't have a WrestleMania gate. He usually has a, a 90 to a hundred thousand ticket event WrestleMania uh, at the end of March, beginning of April. Okay. Uh, plus multiple other events during the week, uh, WrestleMania access where fans get to come and uh, watch some, some non-televised TV, get to meet the wrestlers, stuff like that by merch. They had the Hall of Fame that's supposed to go on. That didn't go on this year. They had a developmental pay-per-view, NXT. Mm-hmm. That He lost millions this weekend because of this. On top of not having gates for the foreseeable future, plus there's a whole thing with Saudi Arabia, and apparently they owe money for events that they've done that they haven't paid yet, but that's a whole other thing. It's no reason they're they're filing for bankruptcy at this point for the NFL. Now, I see so many people mocking, oh, well, they had three years of, of finances set aside. No, they had three years set aside knowing they would take a loss all three of those years. Yeah. They were building their brand. That's not possible in this era. The, as soon as everything went down, they were done. Yeah. Now, them filing bankruptcy, that protects them from a lot of things. They may still be able to come back after all is said and done and and sports aren't a thing again. It might be hard. It might be an uphill battle, but it's possible. If they would have stayed in business paying everybody, I don't think it would have been possible to justify that. So I'm looking at the positive side of this because there was some damn good football. I I don't know how many of those you watch. I know you watch the season opener. Oh, yeah. uh, For the Seattle Dragons. Yeah, that, Uh, that was a hell of a great time. Yeah, and the football was great. Like some of the yeah. rules that they they implemented, uh, I hope the NFL adopts some of those, especially that kickoff. I was skeptical about that kickoff. Yeah, I'm, I was so happy when I saw that, and it worked. I'm like, okay, that's something NFL needs right now. Mm-hmm. The transparency on on replays needs to happen right now in the NFL when they come back. Mm-hmm. Or, or NFL did this in 2001 too. They they were innovative so many ways to camera angles, uh, sideline reporters interviewing people on the spot. Stuff the NFL wasn't doing, they adopted after the NFL ultimately folded. I can see similar things happening this time around as well. Well, and and a lot of things that I'm sorry, one of the things that a lot of folks forget is that uh, cable cam that yep. that is an XFL innovation. Um, so, and, but now it's such a staple of primetime NFL football that you take for granted that, you know, it actually kind of spun out of the XFL. And I don't, I don't know if this ever translated onto TV, but the, uh, the, uh, one of the things that really struck me is, huh, that's really innovative, uh, uh, with, uh, with, uh, the new XFL is the, uh, uh, digital down markers. Yeah, you know, you're just just something as simple as that. It's like that makes so much sense and it looks cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I wonder, though, Dave, is the XFL cursed? I I wonder about that. <sighs> well, because let's let's not. I mean, I don't want to dwell, it, but it's not wrong. Um, it's not wrong. <laughs> so uh, so the XFL launched in uh, 2001 and uh, um, media hated it. Well, that's... Media absolutely obliterated it oh, because yeah. they tried to tie wrestling personalities. Sure. Rock, Stone Cold, have JR, Jerry Lawler, yeah. calling games, Jesse Ventura. Oh, God! <laughs> yes. It was, for all intents and purposes, WWF football. Yeah, man. <laughs> and it was presented as such, and that was their downfall. Yeah. Well, and, and 9-11 happened. Yeah, yeah, that too. <laughs> I yeah, mean, that, that that definitely did not help matters. So, but but, but, but no, the... I, I don't I don't know. But the media got behind got, was behind the the intent to kill it long before that happened. That's I mean, fair. All right, attendance dwindled uh, every week. I mean, there, I remember watching. I believe it was San Francisco Demons Birmingham Bolts game, and there was less people. There was actually more people that were Chargers fans in the LA stadium and the NFL this year. <laughs> Gotcha. Huh. Interesting. All right. So but this one isn't their fault. They had a solid plan. They had 
great ideas. They did it right. They didn't rush into it like they did in 2001. Oh, okay. And then Corona happened. <laughs> well, but I, I, I guess that was the relate I was making. It's like, you know, yeah. 9-11 wasn't their fault either. But no. but I... No. but and, and, and I, I see where you're coming from, and I agree. Uh, the, the difference, I think, is... 2001 they shot themselves in the foot before all that happened this time it's more of a oh shit this is working fuck this happened now shit (laughs) so i i so is xfl merch you think going to go up in value or is it gonna uh just be clearance bin like i like i've got a buddy uh yoshi who uh really wanted to get himself a dragon's hat and never did um, so like when I when I posted that uh, uh, photo of us uh, on on the field after the inaugural game, um, he's like, yeah, man, I never did get that hat. And I'm like, you know, you're probably going to be able to get them like super cheap now because, I mean, that stuff's just going to clearance out. Right. What do you think? Well, well, to be fair, are are those kind of shops open right now? Oh, that's a good point. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> um, but no, I, I, I'm looking on like uh the Seattle Dragons shop right now. Yeah. The, the SFL website is still up oh, uh, okay. for those wondering, at least for now. Um, yeah, it looks like there's still the, the normal prices. They haven't gone up or gone down. Like uh, a Seattle Dragons t-shirt, for example, is still 25 bucks. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I don't think they're going to do much on that right now. Like a beanie's twenty six ninety nine for the Dragons. The hats are twenty seven ninety nine. So they're still there, but I, I, I can't see them going up on prices they'll, they'll probably start a clearance here soon especially yeah. with the bankruptcy uh filed yesterday gotcha um so you know we, we we were talking about the xfl and you had uh mentioned this earlier but um so wrestlemania actually happened um yes it did <laughs> so oh yes it did <laughs> now so uh, again for anybody that's tuning in because everybody's podcast is somebody's first podcast i i'm i'm a lapsed wwe fan i haven't tuned in 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 you know it doesn't matter how long it's been since i tuned in but but the the, well and it's like i um i i have a buddy at work who is a huge combat sports guy. You know, he's gotcha. he's into way into uh UFC and a whole bunch of other alphabet acronym stuff that I don't even know what it is. You know, it's like his uh, his, his jam is actually more kickboxing than anything, but on that note real quick, yeah. How bummed is he that we didn't have Mortal Kombat with Dana White? <laughs> well, <laughs> it, I mean, so he um he kind of broke down kind of like he Okay, sorry. I'm I'm going like 20 different directions. He right. was telling me that he he thinks he's done with UFC. Um, I don't blame him. Prior prior <laughs> to this, because it was you know um, basically what it come down to, and he broke this down in a way that I have no hope of repeating. But um, uh, the UFC has been hemorrhaging money for years. Like basically, oh, yeah. like a lot of the folks that got in on the ground level have since been paid off and now they don't have the capital to uh to pay their people and you know the uh, UFC fighters run into a lot of the same things that WWE superstars run into and in that like they're they're contract workers they're freelancers so you know they they don't got those uh bennies and things like that so yep. the so when Dana White comes out and t- starts talking about doing this Mortal Kombat Island thing and doing it because like, you know, he he's standing up for his fighters and, you know, they got to put food on their tables. And it's like there is some of that, but more than anything, he needs to line his own pockets because he's got a lot of checks that are due that he has no capital to uh, to pay for. So it really yeah. kind of came out of uh, desperation. Now, during this conversation I was having with uh, with my buddy at work, I, I mentioned that, um, well, that's that's interesting. But uh, but WrestleMania still happened. And I yeah. go, well, l- from what I understand, you know, they they 
you know, kind of cr- they they went the other direction and kind of cranked up the uh, production value. You know, it's like you you oh, have you have a yeah. you 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 have a match in a graveyard, and you know, instead of like you know, kind of like using the opportunity to pre-produce all of this content, and I go from what I understand, the the fans were mostly happy with it. As yep. as well, I mean, as much as wrestling fans are happy about anything, um, yeah, I yep. mean, I mean, WWE fans are almost worse than Star Wars fans sometimes, but uh, uh, who are so, who are all worse than Transformers fans? But uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> so let me break this down. Uh, you mentioned the graveyard match. Uh, the, the official name for it was the Boneyard match. I don't mm-hmm. know why they couldn't call it a graveyard match. That's neither here or there. Undertaker, it's pretty much his swan song. Song. He's been around for God, almost thirty years now. Fuck. <laughs> In this Undertaker persona, yeah. and it, if this is the end for him, it was the most fitting way for any wrestler to ever go out ever. Ooh. It was that good of a of a spectacle. I won't call it a match. It was a spectacle. Yeah, because I mean, it's and it's it's a possible. Hollywood production at this point. <laughs> And it was, and it was every bit of it. I mean, you have AJ Styles, who I've been a fan of since 2001 when he was in the the second tier company, TNA, uh, begging Undertaker, please don't bury me, please don't bury me, uh, as a shot at like all of us, what we call IWC smarks, internet wrestling community smarks, talking about the WWE burying all the non WWE built wrestlers like AJ would be Uh, like a little intricacies like that made this weekend more incredible than I think if they would have had a crowd and they actually went to Raymond James stadium. Now that's another thing about WrestleMania. This was all done at the, at the performance center, which is their, their training center for the new crop of people coming up. Vince still wanted to do WrestleMania at, Raymond James Stadium, home of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, with it empty. Right. He's insane. Number one. <laughs> number two. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's just it. He's just insane. Um, they actually did a live Raw tonight, April 13th. They actually are live again. They've actually got exemption from the Florida governor stating that they're in essential service. Really? Oh, yes. so so that wasn't a joke? I, I saw that tweet earlier, and I I, uh, no, I, I just thought really it was happened. <laughs> Wrestling is essential. I, I kind of love it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually glad they didn't do that before WrestleMania because I think we would have gotten a shittier product. Matches, for the most part, were, were forgettable. There was a couple gems in there. Um, if you watch the show, you know. But if you haven't, check out Edge versus Randy Orton, Last Man Standing. Uh, that one, it went a bit long, but for the story it told, it was perfect. Now, Mike, <laughs> have you heard anything about the Firefly Funhouse match? Um, no, if so, what Uh, uh, (laughs) other than, uh, all I've seen is the pictures that you have posted with, uh, with John Cena rocking a NWO shirt and the, uh, classic (laughs) NWO spray painted championship belt. That is, that is all I know. I will give you my login information when we get off the air here. Oh my God. And I want you to go watch this. Remember the Matt Hardy stuff I showed you a few years back? The broken Matt Hardy? Yes. Turn that up by a million. Oh my God. That's the Firefly Funhouse match. So, what basically happened, and I won't, even if I spoil it, you still need to see this, this spectacle because it's so fucking brilliant what they did. So, Bray Wyatt has tormented superstars with this fiend persona he actually got a mask from uh he, he's a known horror movie uh costume designer i can't remember his name off the top of my head uh but he he designed this mask for bray wyatt he um and he has this kind of split personality between a mr rogers slash Wee herman and this complete psychopath demon okay when he has the when he has a mask on so during this encounter between Cena and Bray, Bray brings him in, Cena into his world, his funhouse. And he takes him through Cena's career, his own career, where he started with the ruthless aggression era against Kurt Angle and how he started and how he almost got fired because Vince McMahon saw nothing in him after that. John Cena literally was almost fired the night that he went out on SmackDown for the first time. Hmm. And from there, he snowballed into his rap persona, how it became a joke. 
right? It, it went into WrestleMania 30 where John Cena should have turned heel because he should have. That would have given him the character development that Hogan had in WCW with the NWO. That's when they transitioned into those pictures that I showed that you saw the NWO Cena. Like this is what could have happened if you just did what you should have done. And even then Cena was like fighting with himself. He couldn't do it. And that cost him the match at the end. When you watch it, you'll see like how there's so much intricacies. There's so much, so many deep cuts on Cena himself. Yeah. It was brilliantly done. And yeah, a lot of it is you had to be paying attention to his career, but I think even casual fans could pick up on what they're trying to do with that match. Interesting. Okay. I didn't mean to like hijack it with that, but I get excited when I talk about that match. <laughs> so so it really worked for you then? It did. And and this is the one out of the two produced segment slash matches that we had that weekend. This one was the most um, split. It's either you loved it or you hate it. There was no in between whatsoever. Hmm. So let me ask you this, uh, kind of like unrelated. Um, well, no, I, gu- I guess two questions. So, so uh, WrestleMania worked for you. So like in like, like the, the not live, more thoroughly produced, um, do, does that style of match work for you? Did, did you like it? The, the produced stuff worked. I don't want to see too much of it if that makes sense, because then they'll yeah. overdo it and kill the aura of it. Now, the actual matches that happened in the ring without a crowd, I've been watching this for two weeks now, still creeps me out. And I, I will go on record as saying this, thank you and props to all the talent that do that, because wrestling is, a, I mean, it's reactionary. You sure. react to the crowd and how they react to you. To do what they do without a crowd there, uh, I cannot commend them enough for that. So, um, so let me ask you this then. So, um, because like you, you, uh, you subscribe to, uh, WWE universe, right? And yeah, the and, network. Yep. Or, or, or whatever it's called. Um, yep. <laughs> I'm getting my streaming services, uh, mixed up and confused. <laughs> Sorry. They're all going to blend together eventually in the recabling well, era. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure we'll tackle that in a, in a totally different episode, but yes, we will. Um, <laughs> The, the the question that my buddy had, who is the UFC fan, and and the the thing that was gonna happen with the string of UFC pay-per-views before uh Disney and uh ESPN stepped in and shut the whole thing down, um, was that uh they were still gonna charge seventy bucks a whack for them pay-per-views. And I I told him about the WWE of uh, streaming service, and he asked me. He's like, "Well, how does that work? How how does WWE Vince McMahon make any money off of that?" Um, and and I didn't have an answer for him. I'm like, "Well, you know, the XFL is in bankruptcy, so I don't know if one thing leads to another, but you know, it was kind of like well, this whole topic of like, well, WrestleMania happened versus this Mortal Kombat thing that didn't happen." Well, uh with the network, that opened up a lot of things for a lot of people. Like they always do a free month when you first sign up for it, and that's 10 bucks a month after that, then lose all the pay-per-views. Now, pre-corona, there have been reports of Vince shopping the major pay-per-views like WrestleMania, uh, SummerSlam, Royal Rumble, and Survivor Series to other outlets up to and including ESPN+. Plus. It was, it was uh, unknown if they would continue to also be shown on the network yeah. along with whatever streaming service they went to. Because if they take them off the network, they're going to lose a shit ton of people. Mm. Like, like, like hard stop. That, that, no one's going to go back to paying 60 bucks for a pay-per-view in this day and age now that we've had the network for the last what eight years now nine years something like that it's been a hot minute now there was i don't know why they did it but they allowed fox sports to sell the pay-per-view on their streaming service you could get uh because it was a two-night event this time because they split it up mm-hmm. uh you could get one night for 34.99 or both nights for 59.99 um on there and also fight tv was allowed to sell it that hadn't happened prior to this year and that was already planned prior to Corona coming in and doing what it did. 
So I don't know what the future holds, especially now with, with everything that's happened. I don't see it as a good thing that they're shopping it and they're allowing other, other services to sell it at a higher price point. Ah, I see. And I, I don't know what the numbers are. I don't know if we'll ever get to know that, what the numbers are, at least until the next uh, stockholder meeting. I'm sure we'll find out at that point. But I can't imagine people would pay 60 bucks for a two-night event when they could either sign up for free if they'd never been before or pay 10 bucks for it. Yeah, well, and, and I understand that, like, with that price point, you don't want to go any higher. But is that part of the problem? Is, is 10 bucks enough? With all the other content you get, I believe it is. And, it, and they've been having this model, like I said, for eight years now, and it didn't seem like it was a problem. Mm-hmm. However, the, the, brainchilds, the brainchilds behind this network uh, were the presidents that got fired late last year, early this year. Oh. So that's playing a factor, I think, too, that not nobody's uh, really talking about because they, they kept it. They wanted to keep it at that price point no matter what. I don't know if Vince realizes that if they break away from that, that it's going to damage the network possibly beyond uh, reconciliation. Gotcha. Gotcha. Because, yeah, the, the library is nice to have and all, but uh-huh. I don't think it's it'd be worth it without the pay-per-views at this point. Hmm. So as uh, as we move towards uh, wrapping up, because, man, the, the, the time goes so quickly. Um, yeah. Let's, let, let's, <laughs> Sorry about that. That's my fault. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's 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 good stuff, because um, I, I want to say that, like, as many people that are Transformers adjacent that that listen to the podcast, I know that there's just as many uh, WWE adjacent uh, uh, folks that listen as well. So. Um, any, anytime I can have you on and kind of provide some of that, that, uh, commentary is, is always appreciated. And we're actually going to cut it right there for now. Uh, but come on back for our next episode where my conversation with Dave continues and we'll get a little more into how the COVID-19 coronavirus outbreak is affecting our individual parts of the country, what it means to be an essential worker and what we think the world might look like on the other side of this. It, um, it gets a little real, a little political, uh, but I think you'll still dig the conversation. Uh, but that will do it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for hanging around and listening. And if you want to listen to our past shows, subscribe on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Like, share, rate, and review the show. Let us know what you like and what you'd like to hear more of. A special thanks to my guest, super producer Dave Sanders. For Mike Seibert Radio, my name is Mike. And until next time, wash your hands and make good choices. You've been listening to the Mike Seibert Radio Podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching at Mike Seibert Radio. Email us at MikeSybertRadio at gmail.com. The spelling on that, of course, is S-E-I. B-E-R-T. Call into the voicemail hotline at 231-224-MIKE. Once again, that's 231-224-6453. Special thanks to Michael Geisler for our theme music. For more like it, check out ByDoorMusic.com. This has been a Mike Seibert Radio Production. That's tomorrow, and that is it for us today. Okay, I don't know what... Whatever it is, it's not right on a teleprompter. I don't know what that is. I've never seen that. No, there it is. We are going to do Sting, yeah. Okay, but... Okay. Yeah, I can't read it. There's no, there's no words on it. Okay. Ready? Sure. There's yeah. no words there. To play us out. What does that mean? To play us out. It's, Sting is going to do... It's a video. Sting video. What is for credits? I don't know what that means to play us out. What does that mean? To end the show? Yeah.